Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's time for Fibber McGee and Molly. Sundays through Thursdays, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. We'll get into tonight's merry adventure in a minute. But first, let's peek into the living room at 79 Wistful Vista. Traveling, gardening, painting pictures, hobby shop. What are you doing, McGee? I'm making a list of things folks like to do when they retire. <laughs> well, add sitting to that list, will you? <laughs> That's what you like to do. Anyway, who's retiring? Well, not me. Not yet. But retirement is something that every man jack of us thinks about from time to time. Every woman jell of us, too, McGee. Well, go ahead now. There's more to retiring than just thinking about it. Uh-huh. Retirement, that is really carefree retirement, has to be planned for. And the best way to start is with a prudential retirement income plan. And the best time to start is right now while you're earning money. With a prudential retirement income plan, you can be sure of a monthly income when you reach the age you want to retire at. And you'll get this regular income, money coming in every month for just as long as you live. Well, Molly, did you want to say something? Yes, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Folks, why don't you call your prudential agent? He'll tell you how you can see all your retirement dreams come true with a Prudential Retirement Income Plan. Most of Dr. Gamble's friends know about his romance, and most of his friends are hopefully keeping their eye on it. But even his mother was a little unprepared yesterday when she overheard the doctor on the phone making some plans, like this. Yeah, look, lover, I've got the license and the train tickets and we're all set. Yeah, I'll meet you at the station at 6 a.m. like we planned. I'll break it to Mother when we get home Sunday night. Of course. I've already packed my bag, lover. I'll be there. Naturally, Mrs. Gamble was a little upset about her son slipping away like this. So she hurried over to discuss it with the McGee's. They made plans. And it's now a quarter to six a.m. today at 79 Wistful Vista. And listen. All right, all right. Come on, everybody. Calm down. Now, what's that rice, you guys? You're spilling it all over the rug. Get those old shoes off of my coffee table. Mark Toops, is that your cowbell on that piano? Now, please, fellas. Wait a minute. Now, pipe down, will you? Will you guys in the band get your instruments out of here and load them on the bus? It's quarter to six. We'll be leaving here any minute now. Come on, fellas. Gee whiz, please. If we're going to get organized to give Doc a send-off, we've got to have silence. Quiet! Well, that's better. Now, why couldn't you guys have done that for me? Why did Molly have to... Get come... on with it, McGee. This big send-off for the doctor and his bride was your idea. Now, let's see if you can get it organized. Well, I didn't expect it. To... When you barge in on Dr. Gamble's elopement with this choice little group, he'll probably just kill you stone-cold dead right there in the railroad station. If his mother doesn't do it first. Well, gee whiz, it isn't my fault if a lot of extra people I hadn't counted on showed up. All I wanted was a few of Doc's friends, like Wimp and Les and Mort Toops and the boys in the Elks Band. Where these other people came from, I'll never... I'm afraid that was my fault, Mr. McGee. How do you mean, Wimp? Well, I was in Kramer's in the phone booth when you told me the news, and we had a bad connection. Yeah? 
You know how crowded the drugstores are before Christmas. And, well, I guess I shouldn't have yelled, What's that, Mr. McGee? You say Dr. Gamble is eloping and we'll all meet at your house tomorrow at 5.30 a... Oh, I feel just terrible. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Wimple. Sure, that's all right. Oh, well, please now, folks. We can't all crowd in this little living room. Would some of you mind stepping outside on the porch? That's right. We're leaving in a minute anyway, as soon as Mrs. Gamble gets here. Now, here's the plan. We're all going to leave here at the same time, see? The van goes in the bus. The rest of us get in our cars and drive down to the station together. I'll take the lead. Do that, McGee. And, Molly, you pass around the bags of rice, will you? Okay. Now, everybody take a pocket full. Wimp, you check all the old shoes they're going to throw. All righty. See that nobody left the taps on them. And make sure there aren't any nails sticking out. There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. How much difference can a shampoo make in the appearance of your hair? You'll find out. After your first sudsing with Dial Shampoo. Because this new shampoo gives your hair that diamond sparkle look. A bright and shiny look you'll love. And with Dial Shampoo, you get loads of creamy, rich, lanolated lather, too. It leaves every strand of your hair ever so soft, ever so easy to manage. Even right after shampooing. Once you try new Dial Shampoo, you'll know how true this little song is. Sparkle, sparkle, your hair too. Sparkles after Dial Shampoo. Dial Shampoo gives your hair clean. Dial Shampoo gives your hair sheen. Diamond sparkle, that's for you. When you use Dial Shampoo. Look for Dial Shampoo in the unbreakable squeeze bottle at your favorite store. Here she comes. Now, that's Mrs. Gamble driving up out front. Now, we better get everybody out the back way, McGee. Yeah, all right, everybody. Out the back way and into your cars. Mrs. Gamble thinks there's just me and Molly coming along. It'll be better if she doesn't see all you guys. Come Come on, on. now, everybody. Out this way. Hurry. Come on before she gets in here. The bus is back around the corner. Les, Les, tell the driver to keep his eye on me. I'll throw my cigar out the window when I go by. That'll be the signal. Better make it your handkerchief or they won't be able to play their instruments for an hour. (laughs) Well, you hurry him up, Molly. Ah, there goes a good kid. She's just as excited about giving Doc and Miss Cullison this big send-off as I am. She... Uh-oh, that's her. Now we'll get this show on the road. Good morning, Mrs. Gamble. I got over here just as fast as I could, Mr. McGee. George just left. He was so cute in the way he sneaked out. Oh, oh he was so nervous. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. But he'll be even nervouser when he sees the surprise we got cooked up for him and Cuddles, uh, Miss Cuddleson. Us being down there, you giving him your blessing, and us wishing him good luck and everything down there, I mean. Oh, the poor dear boy. I hope he took his good overshoes. The weather has been so unpredictable. And... Oh, now, now, now. Well, I'm sorry. But you know George is my only child, and... Well, don't forget, you're not losing a son, Mrs. Gamble. You're gaining a practical nurse. Miss Cuddleson is very practical, too. She'll help George save his money and maybe get him to lose a few pounds. Oh, Mrs. Gamble, good morning. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Are we all set for the big occasion? Well, come on, let's go. I I wish George's dad were alive. The happiest moment of my life. (laughs) 
Attention all passengers, attention. Speed Hughes Main Promenade for all trains. Have your baggage checked at window three. There he is, kiddo, there he is. That's Doc Gamble, see? Over there at the information desk. Yes, sir. His bag's all packed and his face all aglow. Yeah, I don't see Miss Cuddleton yet. So this is the perfect time for you to rush over there, Mrs. Gamble, and throw your arms around him. Go on, tell him how happy we all are for him. Oh, dear. I, I, I hope George won't be angry. I, I mean... Uh, Why, uh, of course he won't. This will be a big load off of his mind. Sure, he's been worried that you don't approve of him getting married, and, well, gee whiz, this will make it perfect. I wish George's father were here. But then when it came time to explain about the birds and bees, he wasn't much help then, either. <laughs> so I guess I can manage. Gee, ain't this wonderful, Molly? Good old Doc. It, it, it just kind of gets me right in here. Yeah, bless his heart. He deserves it. Well, McGee and I'll wait here till you both have a good cry. Yeah, and then I'll drop my handkerchief and the Elks band and all docks. I mean, uh, well, well, go ahead, because we're all anxious to wish him luck, too. Uh, Molly and me, that is, uh, the two of us. Us yes. both. I guess you are. This is, this is a, a happy occasion, isn't it? Well, here goes. Well, go on. Uh, that's it. That's it. Go on. Hello. Hello, George. Hmm? Oh, criminy. Mom. Now, don't be upset, son. How did you know? I, I mean, we, we, uh, I... I overheard you talking on the phone yesterday. I know I shouldn't have been listening. Oh. But I've explained the whole thing to the McGees, and they thought I should see you two off at the station. And, uh, well, I really approve. Hmm? I, I think Miss Cuddleson is a darling girl and a perfect job. Oh, my poor George. Drop the handkerchief quick, Molly. Okay, gang. That's your cue. Let him have it. What's the matter, Doctor? Uh-oh, he's the bashful type. <laughs> well, come on, Doctor, live it up. You, you only get married once. At least that's how we do it where I come from. Married? Who's getting married? What's the I... McGee, I'll bet you're the one who started... Now, wait a minute, Doc, wait a minute. What? You mean you you and Miss Cuddleson aren't? No. But I heard you myself, George. Hmm? Look, lover, you said. I've got the license and train tickets and... I didn't say lover. I said... Oh, for the love... Mom. Look, you, you see that gentleman over there carrying that knapsack and those two shotguns? Shotguns? Two? Yes. That's what that conversation was about on the telephone. That's the fellow I've been waiting for. Chuck Glover. Look, Glover, I said, I got oh. the license, my hunting license. We were supposed to go duck hunting. The what? The reason I couldn't let Mother know is because she doesn't approve of grown men shooting harmless ducks. Well, how do you like that? All this trouble. Ah, oh, this is ridiculous. It certainly is. A couple of grown men shooting ducks. Oh, Mom. Now you listen to me, George. I'm your mother. And until you get married, you're going to respect my wishes. And I say you're not going out to catch your death of cold, shooting harmless ducks. <laughs> Say goodnight to Fever and Molly in a moment. RCA Victor. Than any other TV. For dependability. Hi, this is Vaughn Monroe. 
I've long been associated with RCA, Victor, so you can take it from me that this year, as always, you can depend on RCA, Victor, for the brightest TV ideas. For proof, don't miss seeing a sensational new model that actually swivels on its base. Just turn the set and presto, you can watch TV from anywhere in your room. This is just one of the many exciting innovations in the new line of RCA Victor Television. See them all at your dealer. And remember... Every year more people buy RCA Victor Than any other TV For dependability Brother, what a shambles this turned out to be. Yes, your friends in the band weren't any too happy about you getting them out of bed and down to the station at 6 a.m. for nothing. I talked them out of that all right. That ain't what's bothering me. It's this. The morning paper? Yeah. Let's see it. There. Prominent physician elopes with pretty nurse from... What? Oh, the doctor will just simply hit... How did this happen? I talk too much. You do indeed. Good night. Good night, all. Fibber McGee and Molly is an NBC Radio Network production transcribed. With Bill Thompson as Mr. Wimple, Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble, Robert Easton as Les, and Kate McKenna as Mrs. Gamble. Well, Sunday night, Mr. McGee is so busy ducking one of his new neighbors that he misses out on an invitation that he would have given his right arm for. This is John Wald advising you to tune in again Sunday night for full details. Join the great Gildersleeve and all his friends tonight on the NBC Radio Network.